Photoshelter presents Vision Slightly Blurred. I'm Alan Murabayashi. And I'm Sarah Jacobs. We are broadcasting live from Photoville at the Brooklyn Park, uh, Brooklyn Bridge Park uh, 2019 edition. But we're so excited to have Jin Bay and her friend and translator Sylvia Kong here uh, to talk about uh, photography and Korean photographers in Jin Hee's work. So welcome, guys. Thank you. Um, I'm Jin I'm Sylvia. Can you give us a little bit of background on how you got into photography? So, even before college, she wanted to do photography. So, she went to college for photography, but she didn't go to the right school. <laughs> design, design school. Oh. Uh, on TV, she saw a lot of photographers and she liked their work. So, she thought, you know, photography would be right for me. And wanted to pursue it. And she thought that showing daily life in mass comms, so uh, the news, would be a great thing. So that's the kind of work that she's been pursuing. So I have a Korean mother who wanted me not to become an artist or a creative person. What did your parents think when you said, I want to be a photographer? Her dad does not like it. <laughs> She thinks all Korean parents must feel similarly. When Sarah and I were looking at your work, yeah. you seem to have a interest in these long-term projects. What attracts you to this idea of working on something for years and years? Uh, she thought that, you know, she always believed that showing daily life to an audience had a big impact on people. And she thought, she always believed that showing daily life, for it to be effective, it should be over a long period of time. And so that's why she pursued it in that manner. In films, you can show long sequences of time in a short amount of time. But in terms of photography, you can show a short moment of time in an elongated, you know, format. And so it can impact people in a different way. So even aside from the work in exhibit, all her other works typically take about 10 years. And she works on it over that course of time. So a project she worked on before this was a project about her parents, and she worked on that over the course of 13 years. So she wants to show how people change over and focus on that over a long period of time, and through that kind of bring different generations together. So Photoville is an event where people from all over the world gather, look at work, and then disperse. So she thought that, you know, showing this work would be a nice opportunity for cultural exchange. How is your relationship with your subjects, how does it change or shift over the course of... Ten years. Yeah, (laughs) ten years of amount of time. So she she photographs uh, her subjects not from very close, but from afar. And so she says that her relationship doesn't actually change that much over the course of time. She believes that if your relationship changes over the course, the duration of your long-term project, that your photography will also change. So she believes that keeping a certain amount of distance from her subjects is a very important thing. For her. What are some of the 
logistical and planning challenges of doing a 10 or a 13 year project? I mean, and how do you how do you stay motivated to work on something for that long? So in terms of long-term projects with these sources, she you know, motivates herself by the questions she asks about the subject. Like, what do they care about? What motivates them? And one by one, as she gets the answer, she kind of finds it satisfying to keep going along that quest. And oftentimes that'll develop into a project. Like this project, she met a group of people from London and she was fascinated by them. And that kind of connection burst this work. And do you know when you start the project what the project's going to be about 10 years later? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Just, um, 그냥 생각을 하지만 그런 건잘 없어요. <laughs> she does think about it, but it's not like a plan. Right, because mm. you can't plan for yeah. 10 years. Yeah, but 처음에 그런 얘기는 해요. It's not like she has a set plan or anything, but sometimes when she runs into people and she wants to work on a project with them, she'll say things offhand like, I'll see you in 10 years. <laughs> That's great. A little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So this friend in London as well, she told Jinhee that, you know, a few years back, you told me, let's meet in 10 years. So when Jinhee contacted her out of the blue, she wasn't that taken aback. <laughs> Which project have you worked on that took a different direction that you totally weren't expecting? The project of her parents over 13 years, she actually didn't work on the project for three years while she was in London. And during that time, her parents had changed a little bit. And also she, as an artist, had changed a little bit. So that project was one that kind of saw a shift. So during the time she was in London, her father underwent surgery. And her, her younger brother and his family came back to Korea from their time in the States. And so her family underwent a transformation where it just expanded. And it changed a lot of dynamics around who was in the project. So she started out wanting to tell a story about a couple, a man and a woman, her parents. But then it started to become a story about family. And you know the social societal unit of what a family is. You, but you consider yourself uh, just an observer, a documentary photographer. Yeah, uh, 아마도. 네. 음, 아마도. Probably. <laughs> 정확하진 않지만 아마도. Not exactly, but probably. <laughs> I'm curious. You so you did a master's degree in London. Yeah. And then you did a PhD in Korea. Why why did you think that the masters wasn't enough for what you wanted to accomplish? <laughs> Maybe you may know because your mother is Korean. <laughs> Most Korean parents, they if you've been educated abroad, they want you to become like a professor. Right. They don't want you to remain an artist. So that's partly the reason. 
학문적인 건 모자르다고 생각했어요. And she always mm. felt that she lacked something in academic way of thinking about photography mm. in mm. academia. 그러니까 약간 너무 이렇게 제가 우... She felt that she had been shooting and moving around a lot, you know, acting. But uh, if in telling stories about daily life, if she included a little bit of academic knowledge or what had been written about it into her piece, then she thought maybe it might be more persuasive to the public. You shot Part one of sharing commonness. Yes. With large format. Yeah. Have you continued to use large yeah, format? Yeah, sure. Oh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us about that because I think, you know, digital, it's so easy to use digital yeah. now and the quality has become so great. Um, and with the, the cost and the trouble of processing large format film, why do you keep using it? Uh, If she thinks about cost, then she should immediately change it. <laughs> she kind of feels that digital can't emulate the, the feel or the emotion that comes out of film. Because she tells stories about daily life, she never felt that it had to be technically proficient or look that way. With the, fa- the family portraits that she grew up with, the warm family portraits, she, it's not that she didn't try using digital to try and show that feeling, the warmth. And she just felt that it didn't, it didn't convey that as much. And when she tried using smaller film cameras, it, it wasn't able to go deep enough is what she's saying. And so she kept using... Four by five large format film. Very happy. Very yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah. In in your documenting of daily life, what role does the environment around your subjects play? How do you choose where you're putting people to photograph them? 사실, she says that she doesn't really select the environments. I mean, 아니면 꾸미거나 하지도 않고. With sharing commonness, what was very important to her was the idea of the room and what that looks like. And so for her, you know, that kind of informed how she would shoot it. Also in Korea, especially, you know, a few years ago or a few decades ago, it was very uncommon for Koreans to have their own room. And as the country progressed, you know, more people started having their own rooms. And in that, there was a certain happiness, like I can express myself in my own room and things like that. And so she thinks that, you know, focusing on the room uh, in this project kind of conveys something about the developing of Korean culture as well. So you lived in London for three years? Yeah, just three years. Um, I'm wondering, and you studied photography in an academic way during that time. Do you find a difference in the way that photography is thought of in the West versus East Asia? Uh, She doesn't really see a difference. Uh, because a lot of Korean photography professors and Korean universities are were educated abroad. And so there's not that much of a difference in thought. She says, but in practice, when she watches actual photographers, uh, she feels that Asian, or especially Korean photographers, which is what she can speak to, she says that she feels they avoid literal depiction. It's mm-hmm. almost as if they're kind of afraid of mm-hmm. it. Um, and so she feels that that's why uh, the development of documentary photography in Korea is a little bit less so comparatively. Interesting. Oh. 
그런데 최근에 한국에 너무 많은 she says that you know up until now Korean documentary photography has been a little bit hesitant to document all the changes going around through Korean history, Korean society, media and things like that. But recently we've seen a lot of changes. Uh, you know, the candlelight uh, protest to oust President Park and as and etc. And that's brought forth kind of a new movement to bring documentary photography into the forefront a little bit more. That's kind of the trend she's observing and that especially you know newer documentary photographers are more active and a little bit more right putting it forth yeah. mm-hmm. um Let's talk about your publishing company. Uh-huh, my company. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why did you start it? Did you did you see a gap in the photography industry in Korea, and you said, "I got to fill that gap." Mm. She's kind of forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did you start it? Around ten years. Last year was the 10-year anniversary. So she kind of, you know, it's unclear at this point, but, you know, Korean photography or the Korean photography world is still dominated by older male photographers and those who try to replicate that style. And so, you know, maybe that's partly the reason why she started this, but at this point, she's kind of unclear on whether that was actually the case or not for why she started Mock Publishing. Right. Yeah, so I think she thinks at the time it probably was due to what she thought about Korean photography at that, you know, at that point, how it was dominated by one way of looking at documentary photography and things like that. But as time went on with Mug Publishing, she realized, you know, or she kind of changed her mindset a little bit and said, let's all go up together. And so now she do, she's a little bit unclear on whether that's still important to her or, you know, we should all just kind of build a community and become stronger as a photographers who are Korean. And you've been coming to Photoville for several years. Yes, uh, and, and why is it important to you to come to New York? Koreans are afraid of English, so they're terrified of coming to an event like this and introducing their work to a wider audience. So she, you know, thought or she applied. She says that she's not as confident in speaking English, but she's very confident in writing English applications. And year after year, I suppose it's been successful. Um, And it's been great so far. So Sarah and I on our podcast, we talk a lot about photography and culture. Yes. And one of the areas that we've talked about is social media. And in obviously in the United States with Instagram, people curate their feed, you know, to have this fantasy life almost. My Western impression of Korea and, and parts of China is that the face tuning apps are very popular, as is plastic surgery in Korea. Do you think all of these societal pressures create a style of photography and what we call it in the United States the vernacular photography, the everyday photography that is really representative of Korean life or is it as fake as it is in the United States? Of course. She doesn't know about other types of photography but she's a daily life photographer and it's definitely different. 
because it's a you know sometimes a ten year project, over time her subjects will start being like, can you uh, cut my chin a little bit? Or like, if too much of my daily life is revealed, isn't that concerning or bad? So you know, over time, she's if she thinks about it, she does think that these apps are impacting her subjects, as you know. Hey, what, if I take a photo with this app, I look like this. But if I get photographed by this high-end DSLR, I look like that. So it's <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you quell those fears? <laughs> she does not quell those fears. <laughs> you look like this is what she tells them. So you don't get it. 거울이라고 생각해. Mm, 어, think 거울은, of it as a mirror is what she tells them. 거울은 거짓말 안, 안 한다고 <웃음> 얘기를 하는. <웃음> Mirrors don't lie. Um, I want to ask about Mug again. Um, how many, about how many books have been published? Twelve. Twelve. And, and what, you mentioned that maybe at the time it was, you know, uh, you created it to be a departure from what, Korean photography was looking like. What photographers have you published that you were very proud of that, I mean, I'm sure all 12, but is there one in particular that you were so proud to get their work out there that might otherwise not have been seen? Uh, uh, an artist named Hakchar Shim from Yenbyen. Uh, it's a kind of, he's ethnically Korean, but lives in northeast part of China. Oh, okay. So he's, he doesn't come to Korea to be an artist. He comes to Korea and does hard labor and then goes back to Yenbyen province and works on long-term projects there. Oh, wow. Uses the money he earned through labor. So he works on a project near the, I believe, the Tonan River, um, right between Russia, China, and North Korea. He works on a project about you know, ethnic Koreans who are being chased away from that region. So he started out by photographing the disappearing billboards. That's how it started. You know, they were chasing people out from that region. And then he's been working on this kind of project for about 20 years, she says. She ran into his work at a, in a book um, and contacted him via Facebook, but you're in China, you can't access Facebook, so she had to wait until he was back in Korea to meet and uh, yeah, organize this. And he, you know, he's always trying to show his work, so he had a bunch of his photos on his phone always. And Do you, do you think that there's a appreciation for that style of photography in Korea, or is it a struggle like it is here in United what's, States. What style? Like uh, I guess I guess any sort of any sort of non Instagram style, you know, <laughs> documentary style, art photography. Is there a is there a desire and a market for that photography in Korea? Uh, aside from exhibitions, there's not too much of a demand for that kind of photography. But the good thing is she believes that the new generation of young photographers are thinking more about why this is necessary, why documentary photography is necessary, and thinking about, you know, what roles they want to play. So when she teaches in university level, her students who, you know, maybe a few years ago used to be into like staged or, you know, good, great looking photography are now more interested in documenting something and finds that an important cause. 
and she, you know, they know that she's been coming to Photoville and introducing Korean photography into new audiences all the time, and so they kind of see that as important too. Do Do you think and this this is an impossible question, but do you do you think that the the rise in popularity of something like K-pop, which is exported Korean culture, makes people more interested in Korean photography? Well, you know, because in, in the United States, we often think of culture as being this soft export, you know, through uh, popular music, movies, television shows. That's how we export culture with that and, and exerting kind of influence on the sure. world. Mm. And now K-pop has that platform. Sure. So will other art forms follow? I'm a, I'm a K-pop. So if a really influential K-pop artist went out and spoke well of photography, of its importance, then that would have a huge impact. Um. Yeah, that's her answer. I'm a <laughs> yeah, that may that might make everybody into a photographer. Okay, BTS. <laughs> Blackpink, no pressure. Kang Daniel Kang. So, last question for yeah. you. You've worked as a photographer, director, teacher, publisher. We're asking everyone that we're interviewing, what is the best piece of motivational advice you could give to a photographer nowadays? 사진가에게 주실 제일 큰 조, 조언 조언은 잘 살아야 되는데 so one of the things that she felt a lot studying abroad of studying photography abroad is that you know people would ask her what country was Korea's photography influenced by and so that got her thinking into what do I want to do in like it it got her to find purpose in sharing Korean photography out into a global audience. And that's driven her for a long amount of time. And her advice for up-and-coming photographers is to find a direction where you want to take your work. It's not as meaningful to tr be great at all types of photography. It's much more important to find direction, find what you want to do, your goals, and that'll drive your motivation. She finds that a lot of photographers approach work in, I wanted to take these types of photographs and stops there. And she thinks that hinders a lot of progress. Because she finds that photography is, you know, one that you can express in a variety of ways, but it's also one of the art forms that are most easily influenced by outside, outside movements. We were talking about K-pop earlier, you know, that exporting Korean culture and making perhaps Korean photography more accessible. It's one of the ways, you know, outside culture changing will change how photographs look. And so finding, you know, not only 어떤 사진을 찍고 싶은 건지 이상을 생각해야 된다는 거죠. So as a photographer, you should think of more than think about more than what kind of photographs you want to make and what they look like. Cool. Jinhee Bay has uh, her publishing company, Mug Publishing, has two exhibits here at Photoville. One of her own work um, from London and her friends 10 years later, and then a bunch of Korean photographers. So check it out here at uh, Brooklyn Park, Brooklyn Bridge Park. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. 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 Thank
PhotoShelter is the online leader for photography websites and workflow tools. Archive, distribute, and sell your photos in a mobile-friendly, responsive website. Try one free for 14 days at photoshelter.com slash podcast. Then download one of our free educational guides at photoshelter.com slash resources.